Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hello, 10-Minute Traders, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And today, we have a special guest on the line. We have Taylor Letterman. He's a crypto trader with Simpler, uh, Simpler Trading, and he's come on the line graciously today to, uh, to help us and maybe give us a little crypto 101 lesson, or crypto 101 lesson today. So, Taylor, thanks for coming on the show today. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really thrilled. I, I don't know too much about crypto. Um, I, I have a working knowledge of uh, blockchains, um, but as far as like trading it, uh, being in the markets for it, uh, super limited. So uh, that's why I'm glad to have you on today, so we can learn uh, a little bit about that. And um, I mean, where do we start? Like, let's say we yeah. wanted to start uh, trading cryptos. I don't even know where to go. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you made a good point, like knowing blockchain is the technology behind cryptocurrencies. And then you have what as a trader, you're, you're looking to trade these assets and make uh, income or invest in them longer term. Uh, so you have to kind of distinguish where you're coming from in that segment. So if you're coming from the tech background, you know about cryptocurrencies, um, your learning curve is just trading at that point. And then if you're coming from a trading background, your learning curve is just learning the terminology that we use in cryptocurrency space. Mm -hmm. Um, so blockchain, knowing the different pieces of that. So I think actually who has a leg up in this will be the people that are coming from a trading background. Oh, okay. Uh, simply because you're you're comparing it to other assets, you have the understanding of risk management, some of these harder things to grasp as a trader. Um, but if you're coming from a tech background, you're still having to learn a lot more about trading, investing, the psychology associated with it before you can actually start making any money doing so. That makes uh, so sense. It's, yeah. it's important to distinguish where you're coming from so you know sort of the learning curve you should associate with getting started in the space. Um, so and from my background, I, I luckily work for a trading company. We teach people how to trade all sorts of assets, um, but I came from a tech background, so doing web development. So I had that learning curve of just getting focused on trading, but luckily I had um, tons of expert traders around me to help me get started quicker in 2016. Yeah. Um, and I got there before we saw that big run up in crypto in 2017. So uh, my learning curve was very quick uh, just because I was very lucky to be in the space at the right time with the right people. Right. Um, so coming into it now, um, what we're seeing in the crypto space is a lot of volatility. So that's something any trader needs to get used to um, if you're trying to trade cryptocurrencies. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so what kind of like what what kind of cryptos are are there? I know of a few like Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum. Uh, what are what are your main go-to's? I mean, like like with stocks, I have a watch list that I'm working on, and I know with cryptos, there's I think there's over a thousand or so to choose from. What uh, what does someone like you go to first? Yeah, there's well over a thousand. So usually you want to start with Bitcoin because Bitcoin is going to move the rest of the market. So you want to have a good feel of what we're going to see in the price of Bitcoin. Um, if it's just ranging. Um, then you want to kind of hop into some of the what we call altcoins. Altcoins are everything that's not Bitcoin. So oh, everything okay. that's not Bitcoin. <laughs> so alternative coin to Bitcoin um, is what altcoins are, and that's what we that's how we distinguish everything else. Um, there's not really there. 
sectors in crypto, like there are other in other markets, um, at least not yet. We haven't really defined those. Um, and everything kind of moves with Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin's falling, the rest of the market's falling. Uh, so it's important to have your a good barometer on what your price action in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are going to be the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you scale through, you start dropping in market cap drastically. So Bitcoin makes up about 52% of the overall crypto market. Okay. So like I said, whenever that one moves, the rest will follow. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And so we start to see risk shift from Bitcoin whenever it's just chopping sideways to some of these altcoins. Um, but the altcoins can move 20, 30 percent a day. Um, Whoa. A lot of people will compare them to like a penny stock or something just popping off and uh, catching a breakout. So if you're a trend trader, breakout trader, I think altcoins are um, can be decent plays. But then pay attention, always paying attention to Bitcoin. Um and we always have news, some current event or regulation coming out that's really impacting the price of Bitcoin. So um, it's important to stay on top of that and at least know your um, key levels in Bitcoin. So as long as you study Bitcoin, um, the rest of the coins within the space kind of fall and suit behind it. Okay. Um, but really, if you're, get, if you're new to the space, pay attention to Bitcoin, um, watch it very closely and before you start jumping into the rest. Okay, that makes sense. So how do we, uh, like with... With stocks and options, I can open a brokerage platform, I can put my money in there, and then I can start trading pretty much anything I want. How do we get to the point to trade uh, cryptos? Do I need to go and exchange it, or how do I how do I get to that point? So this is usually this is the first point when coming from a tech background or into trading, or even from a trading background um, into trading cryptocurrencies. No matter where you're coming from, this is gonna be your first little hurdle that you have to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, crypto does crypto doesn't make it super easy for you to get into the space simply because of how wallets and the exchanging of those assets between one place and the next um, can be kind of difficult, um, especially if you've never done so. So when you're coming into the space, depending on what country you're from, you're going to have to find a fiat on-ramp. So somewhere where you can exchange uh, your local currency or U.S. dollar into um, cryptocurrency. Okay. So Coinbase, Coinbase is going to be the most popular one in the U.S., um, but they also operate different countries worldwide. Uh, so Coinbase is normally the first place I recommend people to go to. Um, from Coinbase, you can connect a bank account or uh, any account, credit card, uh, checking, whatever you want to do, and then you can then deposit funds into uh, Coinbase. At that point, you can buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, a couple other altcoins. But from there, then uh, you can trade it and do everything you want through Coinbase if you just want to trade that half dozen or so uh, cryptocurrencies that they have on their platform. Uh, after that, there's other exchanges that have more tokens that you have you can trade. Okay. But then you have to transfer Bitcoin over. So this is the oh, space. In okay. Crypto. Within so crypto, first there's get into Bitcoin, and then right. if you want to get into something else, you go from okay. So so let me back up real quick. So we go from cash. I'm writing this all down. From cash to Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin to something else. Correct. Right. And you, okay. Exactly. And from Bitcoin, you can then trade the altcoin. So everything's going to be paired with Bitcoin at least. Okay. Some also have pairings with Ethereum. Now, so it's do you have to like convert? Forex. Do you have to convert into like a Ripple, or can you trade Ripple with Bitcoins? Does that make sense? You can you can trade Ripple with Bitcoin. So you you just okay. trade trade the pairs. So there's going to be multiple yeah, yeah. pairs depending on the exchange. Okay. Um, but gotcha. Ninety percent of everything will be paired with Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. again, that's why Bitcoin is still the showrunner here in the crypto space simply because it's tied to everything. 
okay, I think over gotcha. time we'll start to see that pairing kind of evaporate and each coin trade a bit more independently of Bitcoin. But right now everything's very still tied to um, the both up and down swings of Bitcoin. Gotcha. Okay. So when you get into Coinbase, do you trade in Coinbase or do you go to another platform? So Coinbase has their own platform. So you, you can okay. actually buy uh, Bitcoin through Coinbase, um, but you can also move it over to Coinbase Pro. It's just click a button and you deposit mm-hmm. your funds into their trading the same way from like your broker to like maybe um, your trading platform. So okay. you can do the same thing through Coinbase. Uh, they do have Coinbase Pro, which is uh, just a trading platform, like what you would expect with a toss or thinkorswim or so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of dumbed down version since you're, since you're just trading crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can trade there. Uh, a lot of us will use TradingView for our charting simply because oh, okay. a lot of uh, the exchanges have APIs that connect to TradingView. So you can do a lot more charting and, and advanced charting through TradingView. So uh, you can pretty much do everything you want to through Coinbase and Coinbase Pro right there, but you're, you're limited to about a half dozen uh, altcoins and Bitcoin Ethereum. Okay. So you don't get to really see the whole market um, there. But if you move over to some exchanges like Binance and Kraken, there's there's other exchanges that have hundreds of altcoins that you can trade. Uh, but again, uh, as a newcomer to the market, this is Crypto One-on-One. We're focused on Bitcoin, Ethereum, the, the main few there. So sticking with Coinbase and Coinbase Pro will be very sufficient um, for that first couple of months of your learning curve, getting used to the terminology, getting mm-hmm. used to the swings in Bitcoins because they can be very sporadic. Gotcha. Okay. So... So we've taken our we've taken our cash, we've converted it into bitcoins on Coinbase, and we are trading on Coinbase Pro. What else would somebody in that case uh, need to know to get started? Uh, so those are the first two steps. So you you now have funds, and you're now actively mm-hmm. sort of involved in trading. Uh, the next step is sort of what's important in cryptocurrency is you're protecting your own funds um, a majority of the time. Um, when your funds are in an exchange, you don't necessarily have what we call private keys. And we we get we have a whole course on keeping things like secure within the crypto space. Uh-huh. Um, it can get quite complicated, but you're simply wanting to make sure your funds are secure. Um, and that goes the same way with securing anything you have online. You're securing your passwords, uh, mm-hmm. two-factor authentication. Some of these things, you want to make sure you have all of those boxes checked mm-hmm. um, just so no one else can get into your account. Because once... In crypto, once money is sent from one place to the next, it's sent, and it, you can't necessarily undo it. The same way, if you actually do a wire transfer, you can then cancel it before it goes through. In crypto, uh-huh. um, it's done. That's that's unreversible because once it's you send a transaction, the blockchain is um, a whole other thing. That once it gets confirmed, um, it can't be undone. That's the point of cryptocurrency: is the, the trustless, um, decentralized blockchain. Mm-hmm. So, so um, does that have yeah. impacts on liquidity when you're talking about having secure keys and things like that? Because from what I understand, and, and this is just from what I've observed and heard, um, getting in and out of uh, Bitcoin trades or other types of uh, altcoins uh, can be somewhat difficult. Uh, there, there could be a wide bid ask spread. Uh, is that the case? Uh, so the security doesn't necessarily impact liquidity. It sometimes can make it take a little bit longer if you're trying to, if say Bitcoin starts to break down below a key level and you're wanting to get out, you have to send it from one exchange to the next to get out of it. That can take some time, a mm-hmm. couple minutes to confirm. So that can help hurt your liquidity. Um, but the overall liquidity in Bitcoin, yes, it does struggle um, at times simply because uh, the market cap is relatively small. 
compared to some of our traditional markets. So mm-hmm. anyone with enough size can come in and push push around Bitcoin. Oh, um, so really? that's why okay. um, st- paying attention um, as you get, if you're experienced as a trading background, you come in and you'll start to learn that there are plenty of stop runs. Uh, so any time we think Bitcoin is going to be like have a key level. So we mm-hmm. thought that um, back this fall where $6,000, like Bitcoin's not going to fall below $6,000. This level is held, this level is held. And then we just break through it um, with one little stop run. And as soon as that, there's panic ensuing and everyone FOMOs out of right. their position. So we, we see that a lot in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which makes it really? difficult to okay. think um, over time with more, products focused on sort of the retail sector rather than mm-hmm. uh, your average Joe just jumping into cryptocurrency, we'll start to see better better regulations around it um, and a lot more liquidity, I think, over time. But yeah, still that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I had heard of the uh, the whales coming in and moving markets, but uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know how true that was, uh, but yeah. that definitely seems to be the case. So from what you've seen, and you saw the run from, I guess it was around 600 or so in 2016 to 20,000 and now back down in the, the 3,000 handle. Um, what, what, what happened with all that? I mean, was it just a lot of excitement, a lot of FOMO like you were talking about, or, or was, there, was there anything on the background going on? Yeah, it, it's definitely a lot of FOMO. I, I think the technology, I think price outpaced technology um, very much so during 2017. Uh, so we started seeing price jump up throughout early 17 slowly and then over the summer a lot faster and then the fall just completely um, got away from everyone but with that happening well we really saw it moving whenever everyone was going back for like the holidays going back to see their family their friends Mm -hmm. that they haven't seen Uh, so that area around the holidays from thanksgiving to christmas was whenever we really saw the biggest impact on the space and i think that's we get all these get rich quick uh, stories getting passed around the yep. dinner table, and that just helped kind of push more average investors into the space without really mm-hmm. understanding how market cycles work. And so we continue to move parabolically, and at that point we needed a correction in the crypto space and Bitcoin particularly, and it just kind of fell over. And so the the tech and then the the price, it's hard to really judge price of cryptocurrency with it's all tied together, mm-hmm. and just this. A loop of sort of never-ending loop of how price is tied to the currency. Um, there's things which like network effect. If you think about any tech catching on, building up steam and growing in size, you have to one friend tells one friend tells one friend tells one friend, um, and that grows the network of mm-hmm. Bitcoin. And that's what we want to see price tied to is like the actual use of the network um, and seeing that expand and therefore price moving and growing with that demand. Uh, but we're not really seeing that. It's all very speculative. So it's something to pay attention to. I think over time, we start to see that balance out and a stronger correlation between the use case of the tech and growth of the, this sector um, or these assets rather than just being tied to a speculative price. Right. And so that's what we saw in 2017, a huge amount of speculation. And then uh, we just rolled over at the end of at the beginning mm-hmm. of 2018. And it has been a strong correction ever since. Uh, right now, we're seeing about what we would say is the appropriate price potentially for Bitcoin. Okay. Um, and we've just been seeing it hover around uh, 3,600 for a while now. So, uh, waiting for more technology upgrades um, as well as some more regulations in the space. And I think that's you know, where we're starting to see 
um, in 2019. And I'm what I'm really hoping in 2019 for crypto and Bitcoin is sort of a boring year. So make crypto <laughs> boring again. It's kind of the slogan I've been um, kind of chanting. But hopefully we see some steady growth um, without really seeing everything go through another extreme cycle again of bull run, bear run. Uh, yes, I just right. growth in it and we get more investors and more people interested in the space whenever it's not just completely uh, running haywire. Yeah. So what do you look for when because I've heard the uh, the stories about the scams when an ICO gets launched and then, um, you know, maybe six or eight weeks later, the website talking about the blockchain bananas is gone or whatever the case may be. Um, what do you look out for? And maybe you don't even look out for those uh, kind of tiny altcoins that are just starting out. How do you know if one's legit and one's not? So you you can do your due diligence. Um, One thing coming from a developer, that background, uh, a lot of the code is stored in certain areas. And so you can actually review the code on GitHub and some of these um, platforms where they are storing their code. And they do that so they can get more exposure um, Mm -hmm. because some of these projects are open source. uh, So you can see into the the inner workings of that. And they all have <clears throat> write-ups and social media accounts. And so looking through there, you can start to decipher like who's real, who's not real. If they're hiding behind a pseudonym, um, sometimes that's questionable. Sometimes it's not. They just want to be separated from the space and not have to have a, um, they don't want to be the face of a particular token. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want it to be more open and public and decentralized and don't want to be the person in control of it. So it, it helps to look through the social media accounts, uh, read about them, discuss. You can actually talk with some of the developers on some of these platforms. So um, really learning more about what they're trying to do and who the people are behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you start to get a good feel about who who's pulling your leg versus who's actually being serious about what they're offering. Yeah, so more of a fundamental level um, analysis. Now, that that's not something I do with stocks because the marketplace is so liquid. I mean, you look at Nike, you know that they sell shoes or clothes or accessories or whatever but you look at banana coin and i don't actually know what they're doing and you know they've got this ico that raised 28 million dollars and i go to find them and there's nothing really to find i should be concerned about it yeah and i think okay. the days of days of those icos are coming to an end um okay. we now have the sec really kind of prosecute and go after oh, some of them really? okay. so it's it's really leveled that down a lot um so ICOs is a sort of not necessarily a thing in the past. I think it's a genius way of raising funds across mm-hmm. borders um, through cryptocurrency, but uh, there's still a lot of people out there just trying to make a buck and then run away, like you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it'd be interesting to see it in 2019. If we, I'm suspecting ICOs will drop by at least 50% from 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's on your radar right now? We've talked about Bitcoin. Are there other altcoins that are, are coming up looking good on Taylor's screen? Yeah, so I, I, I take a look at a, a bunch of altcoins. Right now, um, I, in 2017, the, the focus was investing, so buying and holding mm-hmm. um, seemed to work well. Uh, yeah. 2018, <laughs> not so much. Uh, so still, we're continuing with that same trend from 2018, where we're mainly swing trading and trading um, shorter time frames on some of these altcoins. So we... We have opportunities where Bitcoin, like I said earlier, is, is ranging. So it's not really moving much. Uh, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, the volatility is, there's not a lot of volatility there in Bitcoin. And that starts opening the doors for altcoins because people feel like Bitcoin is kind of 
stuck in a range. And so there's not a lot to trade there. So they'll move over to altcoins and we start seeing more liquidity altcoins. Mm. So I wait to see that flip from Bitcoin to altcoins and you start seeing volume rise in the altcoins. Therefore, we start playing some of the top 50 altcoins um, in okay. the market. So there's a website called CoinMarketCap. I go there. You can just look at the top 50 and then just go into there and that becomes my watch list for the day or the oh, week. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I'll just scan through and see which ones are up based off the levels and start playing some of those altcoins. But right mm-hmm. now, um, there's a couple. Um, KMD is one. Komodo. Uh, Metal. Uh, so there's different ones. They all sort of build sort of a platform. So we're looking for um, platform plays. So altcoins or projects that are creating a platform the same way we'll, like Amazon is a marketplace. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for those coins that are building a platform to support okay. other developers and other projects to come in and build upon their project. So um, those tend to be the favorite um, and seem to be have the most potential right now in the space. If there's, like you said, banana coin, if it's specific to one, like it's specific to offering cryptocurrencies to banana stands, then mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a strong play because uh, it's very specific and too niche right now for the crypto space. And we're not really yeah. to niche out in the crypto space right now. We just want to see growth um, on the platforms themselves. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mentioned banana coin because I had heard that that was something that somebody was looking into where they're going to track a banana all the way from the tree to your mouth, essentially. And I was like, um, it seems kind of ridiculous. Right. I, I don't know why I'd want to know, but I guess if you wanted to know, it's there. Um, and maybe that is the future is complete transparency on what, what what banana tree that this grew on in Guatemala and maybe somebody would want to yeah. do that I don't know. There, there's there's some interesting use cases. There's some um, one called a V chain is actually working to do some logistics tracking. So like if you you're taking if you're buying sushi or you have medicine that has to be cold stored um, during shipment, there's mm-hmm. little chips they can put on it to then track the temperature controlled trucks or whatever it's being shipped in um, and tracking it all the way across so when they scan into a port or they scan in to a retail space they know everywhere that box or those particular items have been mm-hmm. um get better tracking and if there's any such as salmonella breakout or anything like that we can then start to go back and pinpoint the original source a lot faster ah okay and then that's a the great consumer, use case. as the consumer if you're if you want um like a specific type of coffee roasted in a specific farm then you can actually track it back and whatever they're telling you on the branding or the packaging, mm-hmm. if that doesn't match what you're actually seeing um, tied to this, the, the little chip or to the, the blockchain that this all this yeah. data be stored on, that would be open to the public, then you can actually. Wow, those, those are actually pretty saying. interesting. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Gives you a lot more insight and granularity onto what's going on with, with your products there. Exactly. Yeah, I'd heard about it for, I wrote an article for, uh, what is that website called? Uh, the Options Edge and um, Mike Cove from CNBC. It's one of his websites he works with. Um, I wrote an article for them on the the potential use case for autos using this for like uh, your your title transfers or mortgages on your your home transfers things like that. And and uh, what, what is that called? Uh, Carfax, where mm-hmm. you can put or Carfax. You, you can put in your your VIN number and it tells you your history. Well, putting something like that on the blockchain. Uh, makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, you could t- track every time an oil change has been done, uh, tires aligned, or uh, you know, every time it switched hands, you know, police would come over and scan the barcode of the car every time there's been an, a, an incident, something like that. You could probably even get down to the parking tickets, right? Uh, that would that would be pretty interesting to me. I could see a use case for that, uh, yeah. and and, and a, a potential big market there. 
Yeah, the, the, there's there's some cryptocurrency out there. I'm sure trying to attempt to do that. Um, but a lot of a lot of them have these interesting use cases that are like, oh, that actually makes sense, and I, mm-hmm. I want to see that come to fruition. But there's still so much ground to be made on just kind of bringing it, seeping it into our daily lives, because mm-hmm. uh, cryptocurrencies are still not understood um, widely. We all we've all heard the names Bitcoin, Ethereum, cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. and so on, but um, understanding how some of these work, we don't necessarily have to understand that. But because yeah. they're still early in the adoption cycle and bringing in new new users, um, some of the, the things you would interface, so like if you were entering all that into by your car, right now you may have to type it in or scan a tag every time, but we need it to be sort of seamless. So mm-hmm. we're not actually feeling like we're interacting with the blockchain or doing anything in cryptocurrency when we're making those little transactions. Right. So that's, that that's when we'll start to see the flipping and the getting into a bigger adoption cycle within the crypto space is when we feel like we're not even messing with cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. the same way. Like you don't feel like going on the internet is this whole complicated thing just to send an email. Right. Um, but right now it's just part of your daily life. You do it as soon as you wake up. Yeah. Or somebody like you and I connecting across the country through our, our phones on Skype, right? Something as seamless as that, that, you know, a decade ago would have seemed outlandish. Right. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, Taylor, what, uh, what takeaways could we give our audience from our, our crash course into crypto trading 101? I think if you're looking to get in space, be patient. Uh, there's still a lot to, I'm sure from this conversation you've picked up that there's still a lot to like grow in the space, whether that be regulations or the, the adoption or the ease of trading it even um, can still sort of be frustrating at times. But I think this is a great opportunity. We're still early, despite what you saw in 2017 um, and then even in 2018 with the, the pullback. But just seeing the crypto space slowly evolving, I think is a, we're at a great time right now. Um, to start seeing that pick up. And like I said, in 2019, we want a sort of a boring year of steady growth, um, which makes it a great opportunity to learn about this, this space. If you're interested in it slightly, um, you can start learning about it and then slowly start investing or um, looking into ways to get more involved in the crypto space. But I think over the next year in the 2020 is when we'll start seeing um, back to the um, big pushes higher and then really the growth of crypto. Yeah, I'd love to see it on like major exchanges, right, where I could log into to Thinkorswim or any other platform and it's just there that I could trade. That would be really great. Um, but then again, that that that's a whole nother beast to tackle. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so well, cool. Well, T- Taylor, thank you so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. I know uh, this is this is a new area for my audience, but I think it'd be fantastic for them to to learn a little more. Where could they uh, reach you at if they have any questions or where could they learn more about Simpler Trading? Yeah, so everything at simplertrading.com. And if you want to email me, my email is just taylor at simplertrading.com. So happy to take any questions or help point anybody in the right direction at that point. Well, great. Well, Taylor, hey, thank you so much for coming on uh, on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. And, you know, look forward to maybe talking with you soon about some more cryptos, maybe Crypto 102. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll be a fun one. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, man. So that wraps up today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you come back tomorrow for more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. I know you're a listener, but are you a watcher? Make sure you head on over to YouTube, type in 10 Minutes Stock Trader, and subscribe to the 10MinuteStockTrader.com YouTube channel. Every week, I upload all the podcasts as full videos, and that way you're getting the full 10-minute trading experience. 
That way you can have all the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Make sure you subscribe to whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave me a five-star review if you don't mind. That would be fantastic. And whenever you're done with that, head on over to 10minutestocktrader.com and download the one-minute options trading quick start guide. It'll give you all the tools, tips, and tricks that I use in my own portfolio, and it never gets outdated, and it will apply to every single options trade out there. So I think it'll be pretty useful for you. And while you're there, check out the free portfolio page. That'll show you everything that I've traded over the last year in full transparency. And since you're on the website already, check out the free trading course. In this free trading course, I give you every single thing that I know and use in my own portfolio, and I definitely think it'll help you out too. And then after you're done there, head on over to tastyworks.com and sign up using the code 10minute, that's 10-M-I-N-U-T-E, and I'll send you over $150 in free 10-minute trader exclusive bonuses from 10minutestocktrader.com. And most of all, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. I really appreciate the fact that you and I have connected today and that you've chosen to put me inside your earbuds. That means the absolute world to me. And thank you so much for stopping by. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice, tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10minutestocktrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.